Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk, and Cavan. We want you to challenge us for the best deal on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Late Lunch. Springtime is in the air for sure. Hope you had a lovely weekend. Oh, I really got the feeling of spring myself the weekend. Thank God for the greater light. The evenings are stretching out there and uh, things are happening in the world of nature. I promised you'd read a little verse each month at the start uh, of Late Lunch. And here goes for February as spring returns across the land and sparkles on the sea. It brings new hope to wake the earth. Lord, wake new hope in me as more green shoots and buds appear and winds blow fresh and free. Spring touches all with healing hands. Lord, touch the soul in me. That's your little saying for the month ahead just to get you started in February. I love it and it comes from a little calendar I got at the beginning of the year sent to me by a good friend from the Divine Word Missionaries in Roscommon. I love it. Welcome to the show. We have lots of chat for you today. Uh, coming up later on, the money doctors in the house. So if you have any financial questions, get them to us. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. The Irish Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, Ireland's leading animal welfare charity, strives to prevent cruelty, promote welfare and relieve animal suffering in Ireland. It's a never-ending battle undertaken by dedicated personnel with limited resources. The assistance of the public, you know this, is essential in addition to legislation and enforcement of the law. In recent times, a new code of practice for suppliers and sellers of animals and an animal health and welfare uh, regulation have both been published and implemented. And here to talk about this and more, I'm delighted to welcome back to Late Lunch, CEO of the ISPCA, Dr. Andrew Kelly. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jerry. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining me again. First of all, will I ask you, why these two important documents uh, together and quite close together and all of a sudden? Well, I I think we need to put it into some kind of context. The ISPCA has a lot of concerns about dog breeding, both legal and illegal in Ireland, and the conditions in which the dogs are often kept. Uh, And we were reminded of this just the week before last, when we had two ISPCA-initiated prosecutions finalised in court. And the the conditions in one of these uh, illegal dog breeding establishments were absolutely appalling. Uh, And the the person convicted in court the week before last received a five-month prison sentence was uh, fined, the, the maximum fine available, which was €5,000 and banned for life for keep, from keeping dogs. So just it's just a reminder that we see these kind of problems on a regular basis. Many of these illegal and legal dog breeders will advertise their uh, dogs and cats that they're, they're breeding 
on uh, the web, on the internet. You know, everybody turns to the internet to buy a wide range of things now, and pets are no different. Um, and we believe that you can buy a pet safely online. But unfortunately, there's quite a lot, lot of rogue breeders out there who will um, make misleading claims and adverts and so on uh, and fool people into thinking that they're buying a healthy, well-socialised pet that was bred in a house with a family when in reality they're in dark, dingy puppy farms around the country. How can you alleviate or, you know, make sure, should I say, that you aren't buying for, from somebody illegal? Well, it's very difficult because they are very manipulative and very clever. Uh, and, for example, we know of one breeder who uses 28 different mobile phone numbers, uh, one for each different breed that he uh, has on his premises. So it's very difficult, but there's a number of things you should do if you are going to buy a puppy. Of course, we would always recommend that people consider adopting a dog from a rescue organisation like the ISPCA. But if you are going to buy a puppy, there's a number of things you need to do. Firstly, you need to make sure that the breeder is legitimate. Uh, they should have a, a certificate uh, uh, issued by the, dog, uh, by the local authority. Um, but also you need to make sure that you see the puppy with the mum. That's absolutely key. Although sometimes some rogue breeders will try and get around that by creating a false home um, and produce a litter of puppies uh, and a mother which may or may not be related to them. Now, we set up an organisation called the Irish Pet Advertisers Advisory Group, IPAG uh, for short. Uh, and if you go on to the IPAG website, and that's ipaag.ie, uh, there's a list of questions that you should ask uh, any dog breeder that you are uh, thinking of buying a puppy from. And there's also a little video there just to remind people of the pitfalls of uh, answering an online advert. Um, and um, so do have a look at that if you are going to buy a puppy. But the, the reality is that people will um, go to the internet to buy puppies and we want to make it as safe a place as possible. And that's why this code of practice and the, the new statutory instrument that have come into force from the 1st of February, so they're now in force, yes. will help because it will essentially improve traceability so that uh, the, the, the people who are advertising dogs or, and other pet animals online will be easier to keep track of. Firstly, um, they will have to register with the Department of Agriculture, which is a really strong step forward. Um, secondly, if they are advertising in any way, whether it's on the internet, whether it's on social media or, or, or indeed in the newspaper, they will have to include certain information uh, on those adverts. And that includes the registration number. Um, so if they if when they register with the Department of Agriculture, they'll be giving a, be given a unique registration number, um, and of course the Department of Agriculture will hold the records then of who that registration number applies to. Now, if if if, if the registered dog breeders uh, at the moment who are registered with the local authority don't need to register with DAFM as well. But they must then use that local authority registration number in any adverts okay. that they post. So mm. either way, uh, they, they will be um, traceable by the Department of Agriculture. In the advert, they must also include certain details about the pet animal that they are um, advertising. So they must include the age of the animal um, and the country of origin of the animal. And I think that's a concern by the government in terms of animals being ex being imported from countries where uh, there may be different um, uh, veterinary diseases um, and that, that may, yes. get, may, may get brought into Ireland um, but they all, must also for dogs and this is the very this is the important part here for dogs they must include the microchip number of the dog 
Um, and that will be um, an indication that they are complying with other aspects of, of the law. It is a legal requirement to have your dog microchipped. It is a legal requirement for anybody who's breeding dogs in a dog breeding establishment to have them microchipped by the age of eight weeks. So this, this will be a way again of the Department of Agriculture being able to trace dog owners, uh, dog breeders rather. When you're on the microchipping, sorry, I, I know you have more to say on that. Uh, I just want to ask you something was said to me lately with microchipping. When a dog is chipped, and my own dog is chipped, that's it, Andrew. That chip is for life. And uh, does it have to be updated or does the register need to be updated? So once your dog is microchipped, you don't need to do it again. It's a passive transponder, so it doesn't need a battery or anything. It will work forever. Um, but what you do need to do if you if you move home uh, you know, if you and people do change their addresses regularly, you must go to the database uh, and update your address, and that's a legal requirement as well. And also, it, it makes sense because you know you've microchipped your dog for a reason, and that reason is that should it get lost or stolen, it increases your chances of being reunited with the pet. So please do, if you do move home, update the database. That's so important, and I think that's what somebody was saying to me. There was some issue with a chip, and the address hadn't been changed, and they couldn't reconnect with the person and, and if you're listening today and you have have a dog and you have moved please do that it is so important it's absolutely vital and it's in your interest and and of course your your dog's interest now, now looking at these two um, uh, one is statutory instrument and the other it's a voluntary code of practice when i yeah. see voluntary that worries me should i be concerned well you should be concerned um uh, th- th- my opinion is that um if something is voluntary if, it, 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 Nine times out of ten, it's not complied with. Um, so we would have liked to have seen the, the code of practice also be legislation. So, but 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 it's a step in the right direction. Okay. So you you would ultimately like to see that enacted into yes. law. Yes, because the code of practice, beside the statutory instrument, which is law, uh, the code of practice sets out the conditions under which the animals must be kept, and that's absolutely vital of, as well. Obviously, you know, um, the the um, anybody who is selling pet animals. Um, must provide the appropriate environment for the animals wherever they're being kept. If they're being kept in a dog breeding establishment, there's other regulations there. But if they're being kept in the home, you still have a legal responsibility to, as to how to how you keep them. So, so the, the the code of practice lays out the main principles of what pet. Yeah, pet we might just run through those. There's a few bullet points there in the yeah. summary at the front, and they're mm. very useful. Have you got them there, Andrew? Or, yeah. I, I do. So, yeah, so, so, just... so, so the main principles of the code of practice are that animals must. And and it does say in the code of practice must not should or maybe um, must be kept in an environment and accommodation that is suitable, clean and hygienic, and easy to easy to clean. I wouldn't like you to start uh, recounting some of the instances of places you've come across. I'm sure you mentioned two cases yeah, there last horrific. Well, we've seen some horrific cases. You know, animals caked in their own feces. Uh, in fact, in one case, uh, they were so badly caked in their feces, they were stuck to their ears. Uh, and w- when we stripped the, the feces and mud off, um, they weighed five pounds, the, the mess. Uh, and it was actually pulling the skin off the ears of the dogs. Now, that's an extreme example, but still all people have a... a, a everybody who has um, responsibility for an animal has a legal duty 
to not just a moral one, but a legal duty to mm. look after animals. The second thing in this is, refers to food and liquids. Yeah. Like you must feed these animals and yeah. feed them and and feed them well. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen cases of ema- emaciated animals. Oh, all, all the time, Jerry. Yeah, unfortunately, and it's very sad and it's very traumatic for our inspectors and our staff, our animal centres who have to look after these animals. Uh, we we had one recently that had been chained to a, an outside kennel with no access to water or food. We don't know how long for. The chain had become wrapped around its neck uh, and it couldn't access its food and water at all because they were too far away. Um, So we see that very regularly and, you know, it's just not acceptable. Uh, Moving on, like uh, an obvious one, you think you must protect them from pain, suffering, injury, disease and fire. Like, well, that's the five freedoms, isn't it? It's to provide them with food and water. uh, And and one of the other five freedoms is to protect them from pain, suffering, injury or disease. So you have to provide appropriate veterinary treatment. You have to get regular updates to their vaccinations. um, But please be advised by your vets on that. Um, And in, in the case of fire, so if you are a seller or supplier of of animals you might have a large number in a building for example you might have a uh, an outhouse that you keep your animals in you have to have a plan as to what to do with them in the event of a fire because fires will be devastating and animals will be killed and we have seen this not so much in Ireland but we've seen it in other countries where um, uh, farm animals have been killed in fires so have a fire plan uh, if you are keeping animals in uh, an outhouse or something. You see this code of practice does this apply to somebody for example who might have a litter or two of dogs a year? It does so it actually applies to anybody who sells or supplies six or more pet animals in a calendar year so anybody who has a litter um, that that, that has six pups in it uh, and you're doing that every year then you must be registered with the department and you must comply with this legislation and you must have a look at this code of practice to make sure that you're complying with the the conditions of it. There are several bullet points here and a couple that just uh, jump out at me without being pedantic and going through them all. Impulse purchases. A seller must discourage and not promote an impulse purchase. Mm. Is that somebody who just feels like the Christmas thing we'll get a dog for Christmas yeah but not just a dog no. Jerry. so, so that, cat, that, that would be yeah. um, what we quite often find is that uh, people will um, uh, you know just decide that they're going to buy a pet they might not be sure of what pet kind of pet or whether it's a dog or a cat whether they want an exotic pet it might be a small furry like a rabbit as you mentioned and they're not quite sure so they go along to a pet shop um, and they have a look and they think oh that looks lovely that'll do but they've got no knowledge perhaps of what the the needs of that animal are uh, what kind of accommodation it'll need what kind of veterinary care it might might need how long it might live for uh, we see people for example buying certain exotic pets that might live a long time uh, like a terrapin um, uh, that that you know, it might be the size of, of of a two euro piece when it's when it's just hatched from its egg, um, but it might grow to the size of a dinner plate and live for sixty or seventy years. I saw one lately, just as you say it, in a friend's house uh, that was bought as a little fellow in the nineteen sixties. Now mm-hmm. it's not massive now, but it's all these years later. There it is. And and animals are a commitment for life. Yes. So um, you know, if you're going to buy a terrapin that might live for sixty or seventy years, then you've got to know what you're going to do with that should something happen to you and and you will get unscrupulous people across the border animals not telling you what age they are which they're obliged now to do by this mm. and often letting people go away with 
creatures that they haven't a clue. Yeah, and, and we are concerned particularly about some exotic species mm. that, um, that that do have complex needs. Um, so it's, so it's things like monkeys, it's still legal to keep a monkey as a pet in Ireland, uh, or certain species of monkeys, um, but they have extremely complex uh, needs. They're, they're very social animals, monkeys, and what usually happens in the pet trade is that the, the baby monkey will be taken from its mother as soon as it's born, and it'll be hand-reared in an attempt to make it more tame and handleable. And of course that's a, 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 a serious welfare issue for the mum because it's had its baby taken away from it, and of course for the baby as well because it no longer has the care of its own mother. Um, and we, we do have, from time to time, issues with uh, those kind of animals being kept. Um, so we're all, so following this code of practice and the, the legislation that came into force on the 1st of February, we'll be looking for further legislation on the types and species of animals that can be kept based on their welfare needs, so those species that can be provided with their needs easily. Um, also public health, believe it or not, you can keep venomous snakes in Ireland without any licence or anything. Uh, and also in, in terms of the environment, so if some of these exotic pets escape or are deliberately released, as we see quite regularly, um, they can have an impact on the environment and, and, and impact on Irish native species. Why would you put a monkey into a cage? Think about it. It does happen, but it's ridiculous. Well, we, we actually uh, had to rescue a ring-tailed lemur, which is a kind of monkey from Madagascar, um, from a housing estate in Kildare a few years ago, uh, and it was being kept in a garden shed. It's now, thankfully, we, we, we worked with a specialist wildlife rescue group, and it's now living in a small zoo in England. Good on you, Andrew. That's what the ISPCA does. We're talking to its CEO, Andrew Kelly, on Late Launch, back after the short break. Andrew Kelly, CEO of the ISPCA, is with us on late lunch. We talked about the code of practice. What about this statutory instrument, the Animal Health and Welfare Sale or Supply of Pet Animals Regulations 2019? What does this nail down for you, Andrew? Traceability is the key aspect here. Traceability equals accountability. So for people who are supplying, and incidentally that includes animal rescue organisations, we are covered by this legislation too because we are supplying pet animals uh, we are um, we, we have an adoption fee rather than we're not really selling them as such yeah. but we're still covered by it which is I think is a positive thing too but key the key thing as I say is traceability um, it's too easy for people to go online uh, and purchase a puppy um, uh, and meet somebody in a car park pay 500 sometimes up to a thousand euros for a puppy in a car park no receipt um, and then if something goes wrong they've got no recourse um, often when they phone the number back it's dead They've used it, it's a throwaway mobile number um, so this is a way of trying to make um, the, the, the breeders out there more accountable now I'm not tarring all breeders with the same brush many breeders are very very good and care for their animals um, really really well we are targeting those breeders who put profit before welfare and this new piece of legislation will allow us to do that because um, they have to register um, they have to include the microchip number of the dog which will be record, which will be um, registered to them until the, the new buyer gets it and transfers the, the, the ownership to them. So we can trace them back to uh, the, the, the breeder um, very quickly so it's, it's that traceability is absolutely key. And we've we haven't had this up until now. 
Well, it's been there for um, uh, under the Dog Breeding Establishments Act for those people who have six or more female dogs um, that are capable of breeding. So there's been a large chunk of the population not covered by that. So anybody that has five or fewer female dogs um, has had no legislation covering them. Uh, and this brings them into that, if you like. Um, so, so even if they've got fi- if they've got five female dogs at home and they're breeding them and they're getting a litter each year from each female dog, um, that's you know if an average of six. That, that's thirty pups a year. So they will be covered by this legislation. Mm. Um, so everybody out there who's you know maybe producing a litter or two a year just for some extra money, you know, um, uh, they have to take note of this. Okay, the puppy farm issue of course raises its head uh, every year there isn't a year goes by and it just depends on the number of cases do do you think that the message is finally getting through do you think that people who are running these places are finally awakening to the fact that this will not be tolerated i think they are Uh, we've actually seen some quite good quality dog breeders over the last few years um but we've also seen an improvement in the conditions of the, the 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 less good ones uh, so so they're getting the message the num the overall numbers of female dogs are coming down in general the conditions uh, are going up um so there are still problems of course but we are relatively happy that improvements have been made and are ongoing um, there's more improvements uh, you know even as we speak the department of rural and community development is reviewing the dog breeding establishments act itself with a view to introducing new offences for those uh, commercial dog breeders if, if if you like but yeah it is a problem um we we but we we, we welcomed earlier on this week a, a, a a dog breeder in the Midlands, the local authority has finally moved to take his his establishment off the register um, because of the conditions over the years. Um, And in in the past, he would have been one of the biggest dog breeders in Ireland. Okay. When I introduced you today, I mentioned you uh, could do it more resources because (laughs) your resources are thin on the ground. I'm going to come out to that in a second, but before that... Can we say again, and here's your opportunity, the eyes and ears and awareness of the general public is so crucial to you. Well, we rely on the general public for our funding, first of all. 85% of our funding comes from kind donations um, from people like your listeners. Um, But there are also our eyes and ears in terms of animal welfare problems. Uh, And our inspectors uh, can't do their job without getting information from the public. So we do have a a cruelty helpline, 1890 515 515. And you can report uh, any concerns over animal welfare uh, to that number uh, in confidence if, if, if you have if you would like to um, we may ask you for more details than you're able to give so that we can pinpoint exactly where the issue is um, but you can also report it through a, a, a form on our website www.ispca.ie so you can do that anytime um, if our, our phones are only uh, we're only able to have somebody answering the phones during normal working hours but you can leave a voice mail and we will phone you back in the morning. How many inspectors have you in Ireland? Uh, we have nine inspectors, Jerry, and one of those is part-time. Uh, it's not enough. Uh, we know it's not enough. Uh, last year we had over 17,000 calls to our helpline uh, and about 4,500 of those would be allegations of cruelty or neglect which are passed to our inspectors for investigation. Um, 
now they do a very good job with with the limited resources they have um, but uh, we we can't do everything and there's large parts of the country that we simply can't cover at the moment so we're really providing a service over 17 counties we would like to be able to provide um, a a service in every county um, but it's just not possible just now Um, we have been calling on on the government to provide more funding Um, they they supply us with the authorisation under the Animal Health and Welfare Act that allows us to do our job Um, but we would like to see more funding so that we can recruit more inspectors and cover the whole of the country. It's a good time to be calling for it these uh, well, days. There's something happening uh, next Saturday. Well, well there is, and uh, perhaps uh, we'll certainly be talking to the next government about uh, funding and hopefully we can persuade them to give us more resources. Yeah, you do need it, and these people do need it. Like nine and, and 17 counties, we have 26 and nine and one part-time. My, oh, my. Uh, besides implementing what we're talking about here today... We need bodies on the ground. We do. It's as simple as that. The, the, the more inspectors we have, the more they can do. Now, I should point out, of course, that um, Angarda Shikana members are also authorised yes. officers under the legislation. But, of course, they have other priorities and animal welfare isn't high on their priority list. Now, we do work very well with the guards in, 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 in various areas. Um, and um, in some cases, we would always take the guards with us because often the people that are involved in cruelty to animals are involved in other criminal activity as well. So our, the health and safety of our inspectors is also a serious matter that we have to consider. So we do work closely with the guards. We also work very closely with other agencies like the Department of Agriculture, uh, local authorities and so on. But the point you made there, I want to emphasise that again. Meeting somebody in a car park to pick up an animal of any sort is just... Don't do it. (laughs) You you, you wouldn't buy a a washing machine in a car park from somebody. You certainly wouldn't buy a washing machine and not get a a, a receipt. And if it was broken, you would take it back and get a replacement. Um, But there's no recourse. If you buy a puppy in a car park without any receipt or any comeback... I'm afraid uh, you're leaving yourself open to a large vet bill and possibly even very sadly uh, a dead dog. Damien's been on to say um, he's telling us about quite a number of dogs uh, with a breeder in a county uh, not far from here. I'll just hold back on that for the moment and I'll talk to Andrew about it after uh, we finish on air here, Damien. But he follows up to say, Jerry, it's a fact. Ireland is the dog breeding capital of Europe. Is it, Andrew? I think we could could have said that a few years back. Uh, I think we've probably been uh, overtaken now, sadly, by Hungary and Lithuania. Um, uh, you know, Ireland has probably got about 85 commercial dog breeding establishments, probably producing somewhere in the region of 40,000 pups a year. But then that huge swathe of people with five or fewer female dogs, we don't know how many of those there are. So we don't really know how many mm. pups are being produced. But we do know that the UK, uh, um, there's 350,000 puppies being imported into the UK from Lithuania and Hungary and other Eastern European countries every year um, because the demand is there. Um, but we are no longer the European uh, capital of puppy farming. Will you just give out that uh, website you mentioned early on in in our conversation where people can check for the registration? Well, if, if, to check for the registration, it's the Department of Agriculture's website. So it's a, 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 D, a Department of Agriculture uh, dot gov dot com. 
And the one you mentioned earlier on was, what was the one? I, it just slips my mind now. I'll, I'll look, we'll get it for you. There's somebody else asking there for it. We'll, we'll get it and, and we'll mention it again later in the show or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. For the moment, Andrew, wish you well with the great work you're doing on the ground. And thanks for joining us on the show again today. Dr. Andrew Kelly, CEO of the ISPCA. Thank you, Jerry. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We want you to smile with the best deals on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. Okay, Pizza Baker, Denoro, Drogheda, next to the Thatch Pub, has the finest dough made daily and the freshest Irish ingredients. They're big on taste and great on price. Check them out at pizzabaker.ie for more details. Guess what they've given us on late lunch today? A €100 Euro voucher for Pizza Baker. How would you like that? Well, listen, you have to stay tuned because on late lunch today, I'm going to make a pizza. It's an imaginary pizza, but I'm going to tell you the ingredients. I'll drip them to you over the next while. And by the end, you have to tell me what type of pizza I've made on late lunch today. So let's begin. Take it that the pizza has a base anyway. Shall we know that anyway? So I'm going to first add... San Marzano tomatoes to the base. Okay, so the San Marzano tomatoes on the base. That's your first clue. Two more to come. What type of pizza am I making? If you want to have a guess, you can go ahead now. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Now, for the 15th year running, it's been among the best sellers in Ireland. No surprise, since it's regarded as the book and guide to straighten out our finances. It's big, bright, yellow and packed with sound advice. Yes, like the man himself. It's the Money Doctors 2020 and the man himself, John Lowe, joins me on Late Lunch. Welcome. Hello, Jerry, and thank you so much for inviting me back again. Not it's great at to all. Be back. It's great to have you with us today. And we're really going to do a comprehensive financial review. And again, I mentioned the number. If you want to ask John a question today or put a question to him on any aspect of finance or money, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Or you can call in on 1850-715-958. Now, we have sort of broken this down into categories to talk about, John. Right. And I forgot to say, we have copies of the annual to give away to you as well. We'll tell you about that in a moment. I have a question. Can we take mm. a couple of questions just sure. to start off and then we Absolutely. lead into the main conversation? Yep. Yep. Uh, a listener's been on to say, I have a mortgage with the PTSB. It's a variable rate mortgage at the moment and they've offered me fixed rate for mm. a number of years. Should I fix or will they drop their rates again as they did last year? Okay, the first thing I would do is I would um, have a look at what your rate is. I'd have a look at what the rates they're offering because I can tell that lady, last week the Ulster Bank came out with the lowest fixed rate on the market, Jerry, 2.2% fixed for five years. Now, it is 80% loan to value. Uh, that's the first thing. And you have to be borrowing over 300,000. So, but it's 2.25. They even reduced their 10-year fix down to 2.95. Whole point is that it is imperative that you shop around. Find out. There's a lot of people who are listening to this, by the way, who are on standard variable rates, right? And that standard variable rate could be as much as 4.5%. Can you believe that? And they're, they're oblivious to the fact that there are great rates out there. I mean, the lowest uh, two-year rate is 2.3%. The lowest four-year fixed rate is 2.6%. So you can considerably save huge sum of money, especially when you, if you've got 18, 20 years left of your mortgage. You know, you multiply the savings each month by the 12, by the number of years, you're going to save a fortune. A lot of money. So you're saying to that person, yeah. it's time to shop around. It's, L- it's look time. to Ulster. Yeah. Look elsewhere. But find out what their fixed rate is. Okay. Um, the fixed rates are go- uh, the, the, the low interest rates now, Jerry, are going nowhere. 
We're, we're, if, if, if I just said like 2.95 fixed for 10 years, what does that indicate to you? That interest rates are on a low environment for the next number of years. Could be up to 20 years. Really? Yeah. So that's yeah. a, a, an undercurrent to yeah. bear in mind. Yeah. We had a little, I'm not surprised at this. John, when jo- Jerry, when John is with you, will you ask him about the proposed new ATM charges? There is talk that yeah. the banks are selling off their ATM yeah. business yep. to an American company who are charging up to $4 per transaction yeah. in the States. Why do you think that? That is, the answer is that people are not getting as much cash as they used to. So this is a real loss leader for the banks. So here they had the opportunity to sell off and get rid of this very costly service that they've been given to their customers of an ATM. So um, you'll find in five years' time, you've heard it here for the first time on LMFM, in five years' time, there'll be no cash, there'll be no debit cards, there'll be no credit cards. We will just have our phone, number one, and then we'll have our thumb or our neck or our wrist where you'll have a little chip inserted. You'll walk into your supermarket. They won't even ask you what you want. They know what you want. They know that you've got missing a tin of beans and a stone of potatoes in your in your shop. So they, they'll send the drone out with everything before you even go back. John, <laughs> beam me up, Mr. Spock. <laughs> <laughs> we thought that was far-fetched. This, 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 is, this is the reality of what's happening but already. But seriously, this actually, is where it's going. I was on a TV programme uh, only last week, actually, and one of the panellists uh, said, uh, when I told him about the chip, he said, I was in Stockholm recently, he said, only three weeks ago, and there was a chap who had a, a chip in his wrist. And he went in, he didn't, he didn't have his card, he just had a chip. Like, St- Sweden is the country in the world, by the way, for advancement in terms of, you know, yes. money transactions and, you know, they're, they're so far ahead. But that's the way it's going. And here was I talking to Andrew Kelly, the CEO of the ISPCA, who was in just before you about chips and dogs, and we're going to have them in human beings oh, shortly. absolutely. No, yeah. no look, yeah. c- coming back to the ATM charges, is there a way of avoiding ATM charges? Yeah, don't take out money. Actually, t- <laughs> you know, that's a simple one, Jerry. But but let me just say this: it is the most costly thing to do anyway. Because you know, when you take out money, uh, especially on your credit card, uh, you take out money on your credit card, and uh, you're being charged from day one, not waiting until you get the bill in thirty days' time. You're being charged from day one, and it's, it's it's a punitive type of charge as well. And and also the debit cards. I tell you a great place to go to, ccpc.ie. That is the uh, Competition and Consumer Protection Commission, who used to be the national uh, agency, and um, .ie. And what they do, if you go onto that website, they have a comparison of all of the current accounts, including the charges for ATM charges. And you can compare. And if your particular bank is, uh, uh, you know, a little bit expensive, change swap okay so ccpc.ie now here's the other question for you okay when i use my card in a restaurant or in a shop or in a garage or whatever there's a charge for using that card to the bank they charge you for every transaction not necessarily no no they don't no no not not for for retailers okay um it's it's the fact that uh, you know uh, where you're actually getting cash back. That's why you know they ask you at the supermarkets, do you want cash back from your debit card? Because there's no charge on that. Okay. If you if you theoretically go to the bank, anytime you're talking about cash, there's a cash charge generally. 
Okay, so use your card. This is what you're saying for use the moment until we have the chips in the arms and in our <laughs> foreheads and everywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> and trying to desist from getting uh, cash. Cash is, is, is actually, uh, it, it's, it's kind of dangerous. You know, you, you know, people, um, you know, burglars have gone up, all that kind of stuff. But yes. even aside from that, it, you know, uh, it's, it's better to use the card. It's safer. You know, there's now lock and load cards. Like the uh, Elm Post now have these uh, cur- multi-currency cards. You go to, you know, Britain or... Or, or to uh, that foreign country, foreign countries yeah, like yeah, that, mm, you know, yeah, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, where where you know it's safe. It's like the old travellers' checks. Okay, um, another question for you, a listener on to say to us, Jerry, uh, could John talk for a moment about deposits in credit unions? Are credit unions going to limit deposits? Mine isn't at the moment, but I'm reading and hearing that that's yes, they come. are. Yes, they are actually limiting. And what re- do we and do? And the I, final part well, of that, what do I do? I tell you, I tell you what's actually happening. First of all, credit unions are a great institution. There's over two and a half, three million people who have credit union accounts, uh, but they're in trouble because ten years ago, twelve years ago. Uh, of the 13 billion that they had brought in with members' shares, 62% of that was lent back out of them, Jerry, for loans. That's how they make the money. It's the margin, the difference. You pay an extra amount on, on deposits and then you get much more on loans. Roll on 12 years, there's only 32% of that money that's been lent back out to the customers. With the result, a number of credit unions have actually put a threshold on the amount of money you can hold in your account, as low as 15,000. You know, so if you have anything more than 15,000, you say, take it out, we don't want it. The reason why? Because the surplus monies that these credit unions have now go back to the two main pillar banks, AIB, Bank of Ireland, AIB are charging 0.65% and Bank of Ireland are charging 0.4%. So it's a cost to the credit union. What did the credit unions then do? They went out and they decided, right, we're going to introduce current accounts. The current account is the biggest expense that you could possibly have. I cannot believe that the credit unions are bringing out this most expensive uh, item because it's it's okay if you're a bank because you can cross-sell. You can cross-sell foreign exchange, you can cross-sell mortgages, you can do live cover and all sorts of things. Credit unions can't. They can only lend money out. So I'm not sure where, 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 where it is going. However, they're a brilliant institution. And if your credit union has decided to reduce your threshold down to 15,000, so be it. But stay with them. But, you know, as regards where you, where you borrow and you have money, say you had 50,000 in your local credit union and you need a car loan, you take out a car loan there. Well, I wouldn't be taking out a car loan if I had 50,000 in because, first of all, you're being charged probably anything from 7 to 12% interest on the car loan. You're getting nothing now absolutely nothing on your credit union um, dividend. So it doesn't make sense. So in that case, use your cash and uh, buy the car. Just while we're on deposits and savings at the moment, you've mentioned this to me, and if you look across the board, there is nothing. The rates are hopeless. What does someone do, say, who had 40,000 in the credit union, it drops to 15, they have to take out 25? What do Mm. you recommend? What do they do with it? Prize bonds. <laughs> you know, the problem is, you're right, the best demand rate, Jerry, at the moment is 0.15%. Now, if you take the new tax that has now been deducted off that uh, 
0.15%. You're left with 0.1005% net. I mean, it's not anything really to get excited about. So the very best rate in the country, by the way, is a thing called the NTMA National Solidarity Bond. It's a 10-year bond that the NTMA, which is a government body, yes. looks after all unpost money. People think it's the unpost bonds, but it's it's NTMA. And it's you get, after 10 years, 16% into your fist. So you get the 16%, so 100,000 becomes 116,000. If you went to Bank of Ireland, AIB said, here's 100 grand, give me 116,000 in 10 years' time. Because they have to deduct this dirt tax, they would have to give you a rate each year to, to warrant it of 2.31%. And that is the very best rate in the country. What about the regular saver accounts? You know, up to a thousand euro a month. You're a big fan of these. You always have been. EBS? Yeah, yeah. EBS is the best one at 1.25%. It's still pathetic. But what, what's good about regular saver accounts is, Jerry, we've got birthdays, anniversaries. We've got Valentine's coming up in a couple of weeks. God's sake, Father's Day, Mother's Day, little mini holidays, main holidays. Christmas next year. It's about 300 and I think 25 days left to Christmas. So, we, you know, whatever happens, whatever happens, we are going to spend money, right? So the point is, why not, you know, put it all together, divide by 12 and start saving it? Because you know you're going to buy something for Valentine's Day and birthdays and anniversary and all those kind of things. So what the great thing about, say, the best one is the EBS, uh, as I said, where you pay 100 minimum a month, maximum 1,000 a month. You do it for 12 months, but you can only make one withdrawal. So it means that you're 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 stuck into the system uh, that you you know you're going to you're going to start saving two hundred million. It means in Christmas time you've got two thousand four hundred. That'll get you enough shablies and enough money to to buy a present for your favourite broadcaster. <laughs> it certainly will. John Lowe, the money doctor, is with us on late lunch. Keep the questions coming to us. Oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight by WhatsApp or text. So you can call in on eighteen fifty seven one five nine five eight. John Lowe, the money doctor, is with us on late lunch. Before he tells you more, I have to give the next clue for the pizza baker, 100 euro voucher for pizza baker. She'll be eating pizzas for the month of February and into March as well. I told you we have the base of the pizza. I'm making an imaginary one on late lunch today. I added San Marzano tomatoes to it. Now I'm adding mozzarella cheese made with cow's milk. Now it's specifically made with cow's milk. What type of pizza am I talking about? What type of pizza am I making on late lunch today? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text uh, with your answer if you want to have a go now. Another clue to come and then you'll have it all. Uh, John, could you please tell me what is the best credit card to get for a teenager? Ooh, <laughs> that's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, probably for the teenager, I would I would have thought uh, a second card on your own one. Then you can keep tabs on it, you know. Because really, giving a teenager uh, their own credit card, you can you can give it a limit. Um, you'd have to guarantee it with your local bank. So you're talking about maybe a thousand euros. You know, if you go to the the kind of colleges, third level colleges, yes. you're talking about maybe the local banks will give you up to 3,000 credit um, you know if, if you've had some kind of a history yeah. maybe in your third year of college That's a good suggestion you know? tag it to your own yeah. then you have control yeah. for yeah. sure the, 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 Certainly the banks at third level would do I wouldn't be giving anybody under 18 
a card. A card. End of story. Jerry, could you ask John again? I know who you've dealt with already in the show, but please, I have €8,000 that I have sitting in a current account in the bank. Can I do anything with it? Well, again, 8000 is a a rather small amount, but if you're talking about um, worrying about the future, if you looked at the price of gold over the last, uh, you know, even six months, uh, it's gone up like about maybe 12% in the last uh, six months. Um, And the reason for that is, you know, gold is a, a kind of a barometer of volatility. So never the world gets nervous, you know, Brexit, China crisis, um, not Brexit really, <laughs> that's a small thing, but but China crisis yes, certainly, yes. Iran, all of those kind of things, that, that has an effect on, on world economy. So you are really talking about um, uh, where gold is, you know, a staple standard where, you know, in the event of a, of a you know, a meltdown in global economy, the goal will always be there as, as a standard. Okay. So, so th- they do say actually 10% of your wealth should be in a precious metal. Oh, there you are. So mm. th- there's an option for you uh, on that one there. Um, pensions. I, I want to talk about pensions because we're hearing about the ticking time bomb, especially yeah. with the run into this election next yeah. weekend. And you wanted to talk about it coming here today. Is yeah. it still by far the most tax-efficient, best investment? Without a question of, of doubt. I mean, the only problem for people out there who maybe haven't got one is, can they afford it? I, I, the simple equation to a, the pension issue is you have €100, Euros, you put it into a pension. If you're on the higher rate of tax, Jerry, you are being given €40 Euros back by the government. So now you're up 40% already. Then where does that money go to? It goes into an investment. And you can monitor, you can get huge advice on that. But last year, the average pension pot um, grew by about 10 to 12%, the average. So the year before wasn't so good. The previous eight, nine years, because we're in a bull market at the moment. So 12% and 40 means you're up 52% in one year on an investment. There's nothing to compare to it. The only problem is, can you afford it? And that's why you need to do a budget, because 90% of people can't afford to go to the maximum of the Somebody who's in uh, their kind of 30s to 40s, they can put 25 20% of the net relevant earnings when you're over 40 is 25%. So if you imagine somebody who's on, say, you know, 48,000 a year, that's 4,000 a month, they can put, you know, uh, 1,000 a month away to maximize the tax relief, to maximize it. But can they afford it? And the only way you can check to see whether you can afford it is to do a budget to see what are you, what is your expenditure? How much does it cost you to run your life on a monthly basis? And that's the key. And I have the Money Doctor's budgeting uh, document, budget document here beside me. And when you go through it, it's absolutely uh, comprehensive. But, you know, there are things in this, and I've been through it, and I've done it, as you know, for myself as mm-hmm. well, that you really don't factor in. When you think about your pets, for example, you know, oh, you have absolutely. pet food in this yeah, and their yeah. insurance and yeah. their care as well. Do you yeah. know what I found to be a huge one for me, John, personally? Yeah. Uh, food. Groceries yes, and huge. meat and beverages. Absolutely. My word, yeah. do we spend there? <laughs> look at the state of me. You look healthy. You look very healthy, Jerry. But that's the that's the issue because by the time you finish that, you've you've got really to ask yourself, you know, two questions when you've done your expenditure. Number one, do I need it? Number two, is there a better, cheaper alternative? If your expenditure exceeds your income, you've got then three choices: earn more, cut costs. Or you prioritise. And that's why over the last five years, more than 300,000 people stopped paying their health insurance, their private health insurance. Stopped. Stopped because they couldn't afford it. What is more important, pay your health insurance or eat? 
Well, of course, we have to eat. You know, the, uh, there was a very famous case there of a, of, a, of a couple down in Tralee who were paying their mortgage rather than getting food for the table. That was about 10 years ago. Can't do that. <coughs> Can't you, do that. You, no. you, you have to live and you have to eat and you have to have a roof over your head. But mm. there's, you, the crux of the matter is what you said there. It is a crux. People are trying to pay their bills, pay their mortgages, stay, keep their heads yeah. above water. Yeah. If you're renting, look at, the, look at the rents at the moment. But you know, in two years' time, Jerry, there's going to be a thing called auto-enrolment. And that auto-enrolment is going to start, you know, this whole question of pensions for everybody like I don't know where in the station now for instance does everybody have a pension maybe well, not the, and, and the there's employer, a scheme here but whether everybody's scheme. in it well in two years time um, that scheme is going to be forced because the employer who will be LMFM whoever um, will have to pay a certain percentage at the moment I think they're, they're mooted at 6% and then as the employee will have to match it now in two years time after that the employer I think will get the option to opt out but the point is that we are on such a time Just to give you an idea, we've had 677,000 people currently over the age of 66. In 30 years' time, Jerry, there'll be 1.8 million. That's nearly three times the number of people that are retiring. Last year, everybody who retired, there were five workers. In 30 years' time, there'll be two. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out. The government simply won't have the money. I can't understand how they're able to add five euros every budget to the the, the state pension. I can't understand why they're still... This, this auto-enrolment should have been in 20 years ago. And the reason for that is politics. You've got the employers who don't want to pay it. You've got the employees, unions, who, who, who don't want to have to contribute because it's going to affect their day. And then you've got the politicians who don't give a hoot either because they just want your vote. <laughs> that, and especially at this this time, um, the, the, the pension pots. There was a story last week. You saw this, where yes. some pension pots took a hit. Friends First and Aviva yeah. marked down its commercial property. Would that concern you? Uh, it, it would concern me in the sense that uh, obviously anything to, to to do with my pension. If I if part of my pension was was uh, and and again, it's up to each individual uh, to go and check the performance of their, uh, especially if it's a defined contribution, uh, the performance of their pension. Because you're putting money away every month into a fund. You should know where it's going. If you're going into an, a managed fund, then that managed fund won't be hitting those, the likes of those property yes. uh, funds. Yes. But if you're just giving it to somebody and then they say, well, we're going to put 20% in a property fund, 50% in this, and, well, then you're, you're affected by that. So within two years, it's going to be absolutely compulsory for everybody working employer and employee from 23 years of age to 65 you will be compelled by uh, the government and the employer will be compelled by the government to set up a pension scheme so get in as soon as you can you're saying pay as much as you can to a pension Jerry I was quoted in a national newspaper less than two months ago uh, when they said when when I quoted I said I had a young girl in my office 26 years of age who after the consultation that she had with me and and she obviously uh, had had, uh, you know come in voluntarily um, she was visibly upset at the idea that she'd missed out on two years' pension contributions. Can you imagine that? And and uh, I have to say, uh, that's absolutely right, um, that you, you know, you should, the earlier you get in, the better. Because I can tell you, less than half this country have pensions. Could you imagine if those half that don't have pensions and in 30 years' time they're going to retire and there's nothing there? 
How's it's going to a live? frightening, frightening yeah. scenario. So get in as soon as possible. Now I'm going to take I'm going to take another question. A listener wants to know again: How much can you have in a credit union? What's the cap? Some well, the, the the cap generally is was in some cases a hundred thousand, in some cases fifty. But some of these credit unions have have reduced it down to now fifteen thousand. Um, John, I have a critical illness policy, says a listener. Took it out in 1989. Don't know what to do. It keeps going up every year. It's 190 euro a month at the moment. Um, Should I pull out? Should I stick? I am not a great fan of critical illness, I have to say. Uh, I would much prefer income protection because income protection will cover you for any incapacitation. Critical illness, about 95% of the claims are for three illnesses, cancer, you know, heart attack or... or, uh, a stroke. So, you know, I know one guy, for instance, who had a stent put into his heart once he had the heart attack. This is actually my club, believe it or not, about two two years ago. Last year, I actually managed to play a game of golf and he was with me and I asked him about, did he get, you know, did he have cover? He said, I thought I had cover. I put my a claim in and about two weeks later, I got the letter back saying you need a minimum of two stents. So they're counting the cents that <laughs> go into the heart the sense, now. Yeah. But but when you pay 190 a month, that's not going into a saving. You just no, pay no, that money instead. It's money. gone. It's just that's an it. insurance. They need to, to, to justify that money. They need to, to get a, a serious illness. That's not fun. <laughs> no, it's not. So it's what not do you say fun. to that person? The well, pain that, that person, I, I, you know, number one, what age are they? 30 years, yeah. 30 it, years it, it, it just, it just it depends what age they are. If okay. they're at, at an age now, they're in their 60s, obviously. And unfortunately, the older you get now, Jerry, that policy is going to become more and more expensive. Okay, and that's the idea. Yeah, that's the idea. So you, you could be paying all this money. You could work out how much money you've paid to date. Mm. Uh, Personally, I'm not a great fan, as I said. But, okay. you know, it's, it's a bit like, you know, health insurance, you know, private health insurance. You're paying it for 40 years. You're now at 65 and it's becoming expensive. But this is the time you need it. Yeah, absolutely. So income continuance rather than critical yes, illness. Yes, I would much you, prefer. You because the, the one, one of the main uh, kind of advantages of having income protection, by the way, is that you get tax relief at your marginal rate. We're, That's the point. Yeah, OK. We're going to give you €100. Euro, yes, in pizza vouchers this afternoon for Pizza Baker on the Nor Road in Drogheda. Here is your final clue. What kind of pizza am I making today? I've told you, it has a base. There's San Marzano tomatoes on it. Mozzarella cheese made with cow's milk. Throw in a little bit of basil, salt and olive oil. What kind of pizza have I made on late lunch this afternoon? I can smell it in my nostrils. I'm back in Italy. Answers, please, to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text as I, soon as I, you I can. I presume Basil doesn't mind. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> and he's not in the ratatouille. John Lowe is staying with us on Late Lunch. I am indeed making that type of pizza. Keep your answers coming to us, 086-1800-658. John Lowe, the money doctor, is with us on a one-off special on Late Lunch today as we get into the year of 2020 at the start of every, and he's taking your questions. Listen to this, John. James and his wife have two credit union accounts with two loans Mm -hmm. and they're paying high interest on the loans. They have more money in their accounts than the loan amounts. Should they pay off the loan with their shares or continue to pay off the loan with the high interest? Okay, well, obviously, the the straight answer is yes, you should pay it off. But uh, there's a thing called the rainy day fund. And I've uh, said before that you should have three to six months net annual income in a rainy day fund so that in the event you have either uh, an emergency, your, your clutch goes, the sudden loss of income, you might get reduced hours in your job uh, or the, the investment opportunity to buy a Lebrocchi for half nothing, you know. <laughs> I uh, <wish> look. <laughs> but, but, but if you have those, so you need, as I say, between three and six months. So if that amount of money 
that that couple want to pay off against their credit union loan uh, depletes them of their rainy day fund, then no, I'd hold off. But if they've got more money um, and they've got enough rainy day fund money, pay it off. Where does John stands as a listener on the post office and their new range of services and what they offer? You did mention that card uh, a little earlier. Yeah. Well, well, they've uh, on post money actually are a brilliant new. Um, uh, I mean, they they've really come on strong the last two years in particular. Uh, I'll, I'll give you one instance. A lot of listeners out there have got credit card debt after Christmas. You know what do you do with it? You've got like say it was twelve hundred euros. Well, the twelve hundred euros, uh, you, nobody generally has a spare twelve hundred euros in the month of January from their payday, right? So, but there are four credit card providers which include uh, Bank of Ireland seven months uh, KBC permanent TSB six months and unpost money unpost money who have a 12 month credit card where you transfer your balance over to them and zero percent costs you absolutely nothing now you have to have a half decent credit history and uh, so no no blips um, but you can transfer it over and then you say you pay a hundred euros a month for 12 months that's the end of it. Your, your credit card debt is gone. You've got a credit-free uh, credit card, a debt-free credit card, and you start off again. So it's it's a painless way of doing it. So that's only innovative and new from Unpost Money from last year. They've also got a whole raft of other services, including some loan services for short-term personal loans that people might want. But I, I think they have, all these years, Unpost have been the sleeping giant, and they're now only starting to wake up. What about your budget? A listener wants to know. Where can we talk to John? How do we get hold of this budget? Uh, well, I'll tell you, if anybody wants to write to me, I would be absolutely delighted. Am I allowed to give a, yes, an email yes, address? Yes, yes. J-Lo, not to be confused with Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> J-Lo, he can uh, J- wiggle his bottom yeah. as well, well I she can was, tell She was on you, last yeah. night. She was on she the, was. On, on, on the, at the NFL. Super Bowl. Yeah, 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 Super yeah. Bowl. Anyway, J-Lo at moneydoctor.ie. That's the email address. If anybody wants to write to me, I'll be very happy to send you yeah. the budget planner spreadsheet. It's very useful. It is brilliant. I mean, it's brilliant. It's so comprehensive, you won't believe it. J Low. It tots itself, it t- itself up. It as does. J L O W E at moneydoctor.ie. And John is available as well if you want to contact him at uh, the, your, your main number. Yes, 278555. That's a Dublin number. Yes. I hate to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. You know what I mean? You're in the heart of the metropolis. But just com- coming coming back again to, to the budget and the budget document. I mean, like, if you do this honestly, and it has to be done honestly, it has to John. be. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you've got, a, for instance, a, a TV license. Uh, those of us who pay it, uh, <laughs> so it's 160 a year. So, if you're doing this properly, you're going to put in 13 euros 33 cents in, into that t- where it says TV license. So now it doesn't matter when it comes in because you've provided that out of your monthly income. So everything is monthly. So you've also got, say, uh, in electricity. Electricity is usually two monthly. So divide by two, and that's your 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 you've now. Allocated allocated money for your electricity. Mm. So, as I said, at the end of this exercise, when you put all the input into that budget, you ask yourself those two questions. Number one, do I need it? And number two, is there a better or cheaper alternative? Now, you've got help as well, because there are two free apps I'll mention, right? One is a thing called Stocard, S-T-O-C-A-R-D. It's not mine, and it's free. But what it does is, you know, you have all these little discount tags you have to stick onto your key rings, and they break off, and, you've, yes. and, you, and then you don't have it. Well, now you can stick it on your phone. Stocard will pour, store all okay. of those discount things. Brilliant. It's actually brilliant, because you'll always have your phone with you. The second one is my own one, Money Doctors. So 
uh, Android or iPhone, and it's free. And what it does, it, it, it actually uh, tracks your spending. So for four weeks, five weeks, or a calendar month, you just put down everything, your lattes, your, your pints, your uh, you know, petrol, your you know, magazines, newspapers, everything for four or five weeks. At the end of four or five weeks, press a button, get a report, top five spends, total amount you spent, and geographically where you spent every cent so because there's a Google Maps facility. Money doctors. Money doctors. Plural, plural. Is, is that app. Yes, and just put that into uh, into your Android or your iPhone search and you'll, you'll find it. Our it's Louise yellow. has just downloaded it, it like that. She's after showing it to me there. Louise has it already. Stowcard and uh, Money Doctors on her phone straight well done, away. Um, <clears throat> where do you stand? Look, here's another listener. Jerry, will you ask John about the purchase of a car? Just a, a little advice, please. Yeah. Um, borrow from my credit union, go to my bank, PCP, or take the garage finance. Well, okay. The g- garage probably finance is probably the most expensive, unless it's a manufacturer. If you go into a manufacturer, you could buy a new car, it's probably cheapest because it's zero, mm. generally, or maybe 3.9%. Okay, so that zero APR is uh, uh, on yeah. But the only problem is the PCP, this is what I want to explain about uh, PCP. A lot of people are not aware that you pay about maybe up to 30% of a deposit on your car. Then you pay a small monthly amount for three years. And at the end, then you have this balloon payment, which could be another 30% cherry. And you have three choices then at the end of three years. One, you hand the car back and it's all quits. Two, you pay the balloon payment uh, and you're all quits. Three, you roll over the loan and get a brand new car. And that's unfortunately what a lot of people are doing, which means that you have a never-ending loan. The ideal thing is, if you're going to go PCP, which is generally cheap, um, the ideal thing is to create a sinking fund where you're putting money into an investment fund or into a savings fund. And at the end of three years, that balloon payment, you've saved already. A lot of people can't do that, sadly. Um, The credit union would be better over the banks. They would have generally special rates, 6.5%, 7.5%, depending. Each individual uh, credit union is is independent, so they're not aligned to... uh, But back to you again, if you have the cash, with so little on offer for saving, use the cash. I would always use the cash on the car. car. Um, Just before we go to another break, this one for you... um, Sorry, hold on, I'm going to change my mind there. I've gone to something else. <laughs> I want to go back to something you said a minute ago. Um, where is it here? Um, it was in your... in your. Um, oh, God, it's just jumped onto me there on the messages. Um, the, the, let's talk about the book. Uh, yeah. That's out this year. I'll come back to that in a second. Uh, Money Doctors 2020. It is the article. It is the Bible if you want to really sort out your finances. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, a couple of copies to give away on late lunch this afternoon. And John, you have a question prompted by myself. Now, we're showing our age here. Yes. We're going to go back to the era of the pound. The when pound. we were linked mm. with that country that's left Europe. Do you remember that pound? Uh, pound staring yeah, at us. I, I remember that. What's uh, yeah, their yeah. name? I can't think of it. Anyway, What's the question? The question is, as regards the old pound, how many shillings were there? How many shillings in the old pound? Now, we, had, we have the euro, we have the punt in between before that, the old pound. How many shillings in the old pound for a signed copy of Money Doctors 2020? Answers again to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. God, I'm like Hector Grey here today and giving everything away. We have that many things to give to people. Anyway, listen, stay with us on late lunch. Want to take a short break and I'll gather my thoughts. 
But we have a little surprise for you after the break. I was going to say goodbye to John, but we have... Not a little surprise, a real surprise with you. I promise you, stay with us on Late Lunch. We are changing tack with John Lowe, the money doctor. Now, we've got through lots of your questions and covered many areas of finance, but maybe you don't really know John Lowe, the money doctor. Well, we're going to find out more about him now. He's sitting in the studio here and he has his guitar perched on his lap. Many people may not associate you with music. Tell us about you and music, how it all began. Oh, I've, I've been in music all my life, believe it or not, it's... 30 odd years playing bands and um, a six piece band called The Harpies played at Rona Garden's wedding claim to fame uh, lots of other um, uh, kind of celebrity type of events that we did but um, one of the humbling ones recently I did uh, with your and my good friend Paddy Goodwin uh, was in the GPO on the 17th of January last month uh, and that was where 300 people uh, 300 homeless people uh, were gathered by the army and brought into the GPO downstairs where they got the, the tables off and then they set the tables for a dinner and then um, Dublin Lions in fairness to them they organise it every year this is the fifth year we've done it and the Lord Mayor's there on post absolutely brilliant again to give the, the whole place and so so historical so then they gather these 300 people they bring them down to the GPO they feed them and then we play the music for about an hour and a half and I in- encourage all these people to kind of get up and sing with the band give them you know uh, tambourines and various other things so it's really really it's heartwarming stuff it's, 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 it brings it home uh, one year I mean Marty Whelan is on drums and uh, the first year he played which is three years ago I said Marty you know you've been 35 years up in the attic drumming this is your first public event I'm not sure you're going to make the grade so what I've done is I've taken some insurance and I've got another drummer coming in for the last 10 songs I hope you don't mind you'll go on to tambourine oh he said that's okay who have you got Larry Mullen <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so that worked well and and that got great profile for the homelessness, which is it absolute disgrace mm. in any country but yes. especially Ireland. It is John it, especially um, Ireland. It's a massive yeah. massive massive issue and if you go to Dublin you go down to any of our major towns in the North East you'll see people sleeping out at night it's shocking. But music, have you always been a musician? You yeah. have the guitar when from, did from, you take from it 17, up? age of 17 in fact 11 I started playing piano uh, and I, I used to kind of, there was a nun who used to teach, teach me how to how to play piano and she realised I wasn't reading from the same sheet because I was doing it from memory and I stopped uh, uh, actually kind of going to those lessons but I then learned I can play all these songs, there's only three chords, like Francis Rossi from Status Quo when when he got a, an award after 25 years of rock and roll history or music or whatever, he says it's not bad for somebody who only knows three chords <laughs> 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 so, so that was, you know, the essence of it. Because you can get any song and you can play any song once you, you know what the mathematical formula is. Anybody can play this. It's fantastic. That gig is very special to you. But you gig from time to time. I and mean, you mentioned Mr. Goodwin there, Paddy, mm-hmm. yes. uh, who will be um, joining later on. Uh, he, you played with Paddy here in Drogheda, one of his big gigs in uh, McHugh's. It was great. That was summer. fantastic. I actually stuff. came home from Lock Arrow was fishing its head off. But I came home to see the <laughs> money doctor with Paddy Goodwin on stage that it was, night. It was, it was a marvellous, marvellous, marvellous evening. Yeah. Look, be, be, your musical prowess and you're a talented family because we have to remind people, you know, of the connections. The connections. Your sister yeah. ran for president, Pieta House yeah, founder, Teresa right. and her Teresa's television. Very good and, yes, an excellent, I, excellent you all singer. are. Yeah, you're yeah. a talented crew. Yeah. These lows. We, we've we've been very fortunate in in that music has played a, a good 
part of life. Not the youngest sister is, is the unheralded one. She's uh, the sixth sister, but she has a very good uh, choir um, structure called Chorus.ie, C-O-R-U-S. Th- over a thousand people in it now, all over Dublin, like maybe 16, 17 choirs where you, people want to sing, but they don't want necessarily sing in a church. They just want to. So she gets these choirs and they, they're back in, uh, you know, Rebecca Storm and National Concert Hall. She was in the Late Late Show singing the National Wonderful. Anthem. Wonderful. What's her name? Uh, Mary Lowe. Mary. Mary. So six yeah. sisters and yeah. there many boys? Two. Uh, uh, I'm the middle one. I'm the, I'm the one spoiled rotten. <laughs> I was going to say that. That does not surprise me one bit. But look, at be, besides like your family and a big family and your music as well, you're a great lover of travel and of golf. This man is a very handy golfer as well. And last week, oh, you really had the green eye going all over the place. <laughs> Tell them where you were and who you uh, were with. I, I was in uh, Dubai at the uh, Dubai Desert Golf Classic, the Omega Dubai Desert Golf Classic. It was fantastic because, um, I, you know, a lot of people who, who might know what LinkedIn is, uh, I was able to link into this chap, or this chap linked into me on the Friday, and I was looking to try and get, you know, uh, kind of hospitality tickets for the Sunday. And I couldn't. He couldn't even buy them, let alone get them. Anyway, this fellow wanted to uh, kind of uh, link in with me, so I, I said, yeah, fine. I looked at what he did. He was the hospitality executive for the European rider, uh, a European uh, tour, and the rider up. I said hello. So, I, so anyway, long story short, we, we got our hospitality on the Sunday. It was absolutely brilliant, uh, and I got some classic, uh, quite, you know, photographs, especially with you know, Sergio Tim Garcia. He is with. I Sergio. sent him a message back and said, "I hope you're looking after his cash now, John." Well, I tell you, it, I wouldn't. I, my, my arms wouldn't be big enough. I know, I know, I know. Well, come on, let's have a listen to you uh, play for us. What are you going to okay. play today? This, this I is, do know what you're going to play. It's, it's, it's the sixty-first. Uh, anniversary of Buddy Holly and one of his contemporaries a fellow called Ricky Nelson and he had songs like Hello Mary Lou but this song uh, was actually believe it or not um, uh, regurgitated or resurgitated resurged is that a word? his career back in I went to a garden party to reminisce with my old friends and a chance to share old memories And play her songs again When I got to the garden party They all knew my name But no one recognized me I didn't look the same But it's alright now, yeah I learned my lesson well See it? Can't please everyone, so you got to please yourself. And people came from miles around, everyone was there. Yoko brought a walrus, there was magic in the air. And over in the corner, much to my surprise, Mr. Hughes hid in Dylan's shoes Wearing his disguise But it's alright now Yeah, I learned my lesson well See, you can't please everyone So you got to please yourself La-da-da-da La-da-da-da Played them all the old songs 
I thought that's why they came No one heard the music We didn't look the same I said hello to Mary Lou She belongs to me And I sang a song about a honky-tonk It was time to leave But it's all right now Yeah, I learned my lesson well See, you can't please everyone So you got to please yourself A and da da A lot and da 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 So no bend up the closet door And out stepping Johnny be good Playing guitar like a ring on a bell And looking like he should If you gotta play at garden parties I wish you a lot of luck But if memories were all I sang I'd rather drive a truck But it's all right now, yeah I learned my lesson well See you can't please everyone so you got to please yourself Aladdin da da Aladdin da 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 And it's all right now yeah I learned my lesson well See you can't please everyone so you Taking bookings for uh, 60th, 21st, 40th, you name it, it's uh, Mr. John Lowe, the money doctor, on late lunch this afternoon. Ah, John. It was a bit different. Ah, John. It was a day job. Ah, listen, it's absolutely (laughs) brilliant. We have listeners said, oh, Paddy's been on with him. John, what a fantastic (laughs) singer. It's not our Paddy, no, it's another fellow as well. And uh, I just want to tell people just about the song, Ricky Nelson and the Stone. Own Canyon Band, of yeah. course it was. That's from the album Garden Party. And the song is about uh, Nelson being booed at a concert in Madison Square Garden. That's right. That's what that song That's was written right. about. I mean, he was fed up at, of having to go to all these shows. It's actually like a lot of the, um, the the older kind of pop stars now who have to go and sing the same songs that they made famous. I remember going to see this, the Kinks six years, seven years after they became famous. You're talking now uh, uh, mid-70s. And they had changed You Really Got Me. <laughs> You, you wouldn't recognise, you know, da, 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 you know, because they were so fed up, and that was only after six, seven years. You imagine fifty years saying singing that same Can song. Can you yeah. imagine? It was released in seventy-two. It went to number six on the Billboard Hot One Hundred in America when it was tough to get into that top ten, yeah. and it was two weeks at number one in the Billboard Easy Listening charts. Yes. What about that? It was. Back it's then? a brilliant. It's, it's a, a brilliant lovely, song. lovely song. Brilliant song. Brilliant, brilliant it really song. is, and you need to listen to the yeah. words. He of it. died so prematurely. Ah, uh, yes. You know, forty-five years of age. Age, young uh, plane, plane crash, yeah. yeah, he really, really was. So many uh, musicians, actually, yeah. lives were ended far too short. And we do remember today, Buddy Holly, yeah. 61 year, years ago. It's incredible, isn't it, John? So, uh, between the golf and the music... <laughs> You're getting good value here today. We are getting... We're getting... And now we're special with the money, Doctor. And bet you you didn't think he was going to sing for you on late lunch. Have you ever sang on a radio station uh, before? Like, doing it not after a finance advice? No, no. 
no, 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 not like this, no. <laughs> no. And you know, I've, I I can't pay it. Yeah. <laughs> I may invest that penny that you told me about all those years ago. Well, that's what was that story with that penny? Just remind yeah. us again. I remember you telling me years ago, you'd put a penny, yeah. was it or a shilling, or what did you it was a It was a cent, wasn't it? A uh, cent, uh, sorry. Uh, uh, it was actually a cent, yes. Yeah. And uh, you, you, you double it uh, every day. Yes. And, we, you know, <laughs> you'll have 1.18 million, um, you know, within and, and a short space of time. Yeah, and it, it, it is very true. The, the last thing before you go, just to come back to the yeah. finance on, on a serious note for a yes. moment. Just one last question. And this is the one I missed a, a little bit. Oh, okay. I, I picked it up here again. Je- Jerry, just to John, you know, considering there is no value in saving money, having it on deposit, and I know he's mentioned this before, there are other ways, aren't there? You're into memorabilia and good wine and a- art. Absolutely. And- the, they're called alternative investments. Okay. Uh, so that's uh, like even things like numismatics, which is coin collection, philately, stamp collection. You've got uh, the rock and roll memorabilia. I mean, I have a Client, I think I told you the story about uh, he came into his classic car dealer and he told me about this uh, car that he'd bought on the Beatles album Let It uh, Abbey Road. Yes. And this was sent to um, this, he, he bought it four years ago for two and a half thousand pounds. Uh, you know, six weeks later he sold for ten thousand pounds and three weeks later he, he came to me. I was livid because I would have bought it, Jerry. I found out that when he came back after he told me the story, uh, I said I would have bought it because I, it, that's a gold mine, that, that car. Is. And as I say, three weeks after he came back to me, he said, you were right, because I sold to a comedian called Jeff Dunham, who is this big American guy, he has all these puppets, yes. and he's a multimillionaire, 45 million, lives in LA. The car was, was uh, he bought for £10,000, so shipped over to America, and he gave it to his manager as a birthday present. What did the manager do with this iconic car? Now, if you look at the Ab- Abbey Road uh, uh, album to your pictures uh, to your uh, uh, listeners then over Paul's head is this light blue 1967 Triumph Herald uh, uh, car which is opposite the entrance of Abbey Road itself where they made the album so what did this guy do with it? He went and he looked at all the Beatle festivals within a 20 mile radius and he found one on the north side of LA he drove the car out there got a pop-up tent got the album cover out and said get your photograph taken here he's there for a week how much did he make? $88,000 in one week. <laughs> That's the story of memorabilia, John Lowe. Thank you so much. It's, I've enjoyed the last It's a real hour. pleasure. Thanks a Thank you very much indeed. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We want you to smile with the best deals on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. 100 euro voucher for a pizza baker up for grabs on late lunch today. And remember, pizza baker Denoro Drahada next to the Thatch Pub has the freshest dough made daily and the freshest Irish ingredients. They're big on taste and great on price. Check them out, pizzabaker.ie, for more details. We were making a pizza late lunch today. A base, San Marzano tomatoes, mozzarella cheese with cow's milk, made with cow's milk, basil, salt and olive oil. I'm making what kind of a pizza, Louise? You know well. A margarita. Yes, pizza margarita. And the winner of that 100 euro voucher is Tracy Dooley. Well done to you, Tracy. We'll be in touch to make the arrangements. Now, John Lowe's The Money Doctor Bible. Wasn't he great? Great on the financial advice. Brilliant singer. Ah, the He's best. here beside me, Jerry. Yeah, I know, He's crying. I know, I've I just know. after showing him my bank balance. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it'll be all all right. He'll sing another one for you and you won't even worry about I'll, a year I'll bring him out busking after the show. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, his book, The Money Doctors, his 2020 Bible on Finance. You have a couple of winners there. Who have you for us, I Louise? have, um, well done to Tim Lowry in Drogheda and Alison Malloy in Kilbegan Kells. Well done to you. And I have a winner. We have three books, actually, to give away. Uh, Jack Inslee uh, is uh, getting a copy of the book, John's book, John's brilliant book, this afternoon. <laughs> Would you believe it? I have another week competition before we finish today. And it's a, it's just a brilliant family pass to the Titanic, the world's largest visitor experience in Belfast. And since its opening, it's really become a must-see attraction for all. And throughout February, there's a fantastic promotion for younger visitors with kids going free. It's a great opportunity to enjoy the full interactive Titanic experience. There'll be special meal deals in Bistro 401 and children receive a free Titanic activity pack when the tour is completed. And the team at Titanic Belfast have been in touch to give one of you a chance today to win a family pass to the Titanic experience. Here's the question. Where did Titanic call in Ireland on its way to New York? Well, it didn't make it. It sank, of course, on its maiden voyage. Where did Titanic call in Ireland on its doomed maiden voyage? I want the name of the place... The former name, not the current name. We'll take the former name of the place. It is a new name now. What's the former name of where Titanic called on its fateful journey? And just reminding you, the home of Just Great Country has arrived. We're very proud to announce the launch of our brand new station, LMFM Country. So if you love all things country, head over to the LMFM app or check us out on lmfm.ie where you can click on the Listen Live button and hear Just Great Country all day, every day. You'll hear everything from Nathan Carter to George Jones, Mike Denver, the Eagles and everything in between. That's the all-new LMFM Country, now available only on the LMFM app and on lmfm.ie. Skjordju? What am I talking about? Skjordju? You better stay with us to find out. It's been called Ben-Hur on Snow and Ireland is set to take part for the first time in Skiring, the world's wildest winter event. Former late lunch guest and accomplished Navin horsewoman Susan Oakes will pair with childhood friend Barry O'Brien Lynch at the Canadian event later this month. And she's on the line from Mexico to tell me more. Good afternoon, Susan. Good afternoon, Jerry from Mexico. Thank you for taking our call. I really do appreciate it. What is this all about? Will you tell me what's... Uh, am I pronouncing it right? You pronounce it back to me. What's it called? It's called ski Skior. Skior. So skioring. Skioring. Yeah. What is it? So it's the Norwegian name for being pulled on skis behind a horse. A dog, a reindeer, or a skidoo. Okay, so there are many options to pull somebody along on a set of skis going as fast as possible. Yes, as fast as possible. So and what Barry and myself are going to Calgary to do is to take part in the ski or do. Yeah. Is I am going to be riding the horse and Barry is brave enough to take to the skis. <laughs> um it's going to it's pretty wild, um, but it'll be really, really good fun. I've never done it before and Barry has never done it before. So it's really amazing that we're getting this opportunity to take part and to be the first Irish team. 
Now, here's the thing. Will you're on your horse and Barry's behind you. Will it be all horses in your event or could you be competing with the other animals or mechanical vehicles pulling the skis? No, it's all horses. So it's real cowboys and cowgirls take up on the horses and the skiers behind. They can either ski or snowboard. Um, but Barry is taking on the skis. There's Four races, a sprint race, a relay race, a jumping race, and an alpine lounge race. Okay. And how fast could you get up to? What speed could you attain? So, um, normally you obtain between 40 and 45 kilometres an hour on the horse. So, Barry will be getting up to some serious speed. He certainly will. And and the other thing is, what distance are you talking about? How how far you mentioned the four categories there. What's the distance of each of the races? So the the sprint race would be only over like two furlongs. It's not really that far. It's very like a real sprint. And then the relay will be again over a few hundred meters and Barry will be on that coming behind me and then we swap over we find another Irish girl Siobhan that's based out in Calgary and she's very kindly joining the relay team and then she'll race back to the finish line with me Okay Now you're on the horse I'm on the horse I reckon that Barry O'Brien Lynch has drawn the short straw here on the skis that's what he really wanted to do, so <laughs> I'm not going to stop. <laughs> laugh, you might, young woman. Laugh, you might. But let me tell you, he's on the other line. He's joining us now. Good afternoon, Barry. Hello. Uh, hello, Susan. Barry. Yeah, Susan. Hello, yeah, she hears you there, Barry, and I hear you too. Now, she's in Mexico. Where are you? I am in outside Navin. Jesus, I think the line to Mexico is clearer than the line to Navin, it, but sure, that's our... Is. I'm that's, at the side of the road here. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little bit breezy, but look... You're all right, you're all right, you're all right. That's Ireland for you. I'm only getting a dig at the telecommunications crowds, yeah. you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, Barry, uh, Barry, 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 do you know what you're letting yourself in for here? I haven't a clue. <laughs> I'm perfectly honest. Uh, I, we, 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 met, we met a friend of Susan, uh, Sam Mitchell, who's the organiser, and she was explaining what she organises there, and it just ticked a lot of boxes. It's horses, speed, adrenaline, speed. So I said, look, it, sign me up. Uh, so then I kind of looked into it a little bit, and I got a bit worried, uh, because it's pretty extreme. Um, so we're kind of, uh, I don't know, throwing myself in the deep end here and hoping for the best. And have you... Ski? Have you been away on ski holidays in the past? Have you? Oh, ha- I have. I've skied. I've skied okay. before. I've skied, yeah, I've skied okay. over a number of years. I wouldn't be too bad on the ski, but it's being dragged behind the horses. Is the well, your known element there? Well, it certainly is, and at speeds up to sixty-five kilometres an hour. I know the other one in Mexico was trying to play it down a bit, but I know it can go that <laughs> fast. To be honest with you, so will you get out there now for a little while beforehand and get a bit of practice in? I, I presume well, you will. Well, that's the plan because look. At We've, we've, we've tried it with tractors on the carpet and down the yard. Uh, we've tried it on grass. We, it's just, it, the lack of snow is, is definitely an issue uh, over here. It's probably the same for Susan in Mexico at the moment. It's it. um, I doubt there's too much snow. But uh, look, yeah, we'll get out for, we'll for a couple of days. We'll get out two days. 
yeah. early and uh, we can get a quick you'll get the practice in Barry I have to let you go because I don't know what's happening in Navin but uh, it's chronic whatever's happening out I'm there sorry, the line sorry, between Barry. me and you no know, you're alright you're alright anyway we wish you well I'll let you go I'm going to chat I'm to Susan much. take care of yourself bye 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 Susan care, Susan how are you how are you getting on? Listen to that line to Mexico and the line to Navin. Wouldn't it just drive you mad, to be honest with you? That were, we might as well have a set of cans here in LMFM and him and cans on the other side with a big long thread <laughs> between it and it'd be clear. Anyway, I have you clear as a bell from Mexico. Yes, yes. That man is a brave soul. You know him a while. He's a brave, he's willing to take on this challenge. He's putting himself in the firing line. Yeah, Barry is great. We've been sad with friends all our lives and we've taken on many adventures in our time. So this will be like the most epic adventure of all, I'm sure. And we're very, very excited and we're really looking forward to it. <laughs> anyway, you're going to get a few days. Like we just got the gist of it there. You're going to get out to Calgary beforehand, get some practice and do some uh, uh, dry runs before the events themselves. Yeah. But th- this is a first. I've never heard of this before, Skior. I'd never heard of it. No, well, really, either had I, until last year, I was invited to take part in the side saddle races at the Calgary Stampede. And when I was over riding there for the two weeks, I met a lot of cowboys and cowgirls, and they then told me about what they do for their winter sport is ski jour, where they do rodeo for the summer. So when they told me about it, I said, I'm in. And Sam Mitchell, the organiser, came over to Ireland to ride horses with me and Barry, and she signed us up. And that was it. As simple as that, and away you go. What about the horses? I take it you'll be using horses that are based over there, or are you bringing your own horse with you? No, I'm my own horse is here in Mexico with me at the moment, so he'll stay here. Um, but Sam very kindly has organised horse a horse over there for me, and they are used to this yeah. sport, so it's really important that they're used to dragging people behind them, and they're quarter horses, so they're they're used to extreme speed over a short distance and that's what we need for this competition. Fantastic. And the reason you're also in Mexico is to do with something later on in the year and the puissance. Yeah, so my dream always has been to take part in an international puissance. So this year I've been lucky enough that um, I decided I'd take some time out um, and my friends are international show jumpers and they agreed to take me on as a working student. I presumed I would be in their European base in Belgium and when I rang them they told me they were staying on in Mexico till May and that Myself and the horse, they had booked me a flight and I would be flying there within two weeks, I've been told. So I I grasped the opportunity. I'm here in beautiful Mexico and I'm enjoying every minute. I'm sure you are. And as we know, we mentioned before in late lunch, you are an accomplished horsewoman. So this is your dream to take part in the pre at one of the big shows. Will it be Dublin later in the year or somewhere else? 
Yes, I'd lo- like, obviously, dream, and I've been uh, very open about it, has always been to take part in the precincts in Dublin and to be the first Irish lady rider in 65 years to take ah, part. Ah, wonderful. Hopefully, it's this year, and if not, I'll keep trying until hopefully it all happens. You succeed, and you're one woman who uh, has the mind and the mentality and the determination and the skills to do it as well. We wish you well, both in Calgary and with your dream for this year. Nice to talk to you, Susan. And thank you so much for taking this call. Thank Not you. at all. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. That is the wonderful Susan Oaks uh, speaking to us from Mexico this afternoon. Now, Louise, who wins the family pass to Titanic in Belfast? I'm going to give it to Owen Tobin in Athboy, Jerry, for well Queenstown. Done. Queenstown. Queenstown is what we were looking for. It is known as Cove today, but Queenstown back then when the uh, fateful uh, night, uh, fateful trip of Titanic happened from Southampton to New York, of course, it never made it. It sank. Now, LMFM have teamed up with Scotch Hall Shopping Centre, Drogheda, to give all of you, uh, this leap year lovebirds, out there a chance to win an engagement ring to the value of €1,000 thanks to Boyne Jewellers, plus an overnight stay for two and a meal at the Ray Brilliant D Hotel in Drogheda. All you have to do to be in with a chance to win is propose to your loved one on the De Lacey Bridge at Scotch Hall Shopping Centre on Saturday the 29th of February between 1 and 2pm. What an offer that is. For more details, check out lmfm.ie and scotchhall.ie. Terms and conditions apply. On to De Lacey on the 29th. Get down on one knee. And you could win that ring. Isn't it lovely? Only one way to finish. Yes, it is a bit of madness, the 29th. It has to be, love. It must be. See you tomorrow. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We want you to challenge us for the best deal on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.